Hi, and welcome back to the committee program. As always, I am your host, Arun Chaudhary. And on this deep dive, we are once again joined by the deputy director of committee, the show's own Julia Doubleday, author of the Substack, The Gauntlet, or would you prefer me to say the newsletter is saying the Substack? Is that number one? Is that like branding something for no reason with like what the company wants it to be? Or is that acceptable because that's literally what it is and people have I to know where to go? I do not care. You don't I have don't opinions care. on this? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Okay. It's the gauntlet and you can subscribe and then you will get articles. Last time we actually spoke about your first three in a kind of general sense, but this time there's just too many updates to even kind of structure other than just giving you prompts and letting you go. So I hope that you're game for that for the next 45 minutes or so. I'm always this, game for that, for talking and not shutting down. <laughs> Oh, I mean, the pandemic goes on, um, and I think people are more aware the pandemic goes on, although maybe that information becomes warped in strange ways uh, that we can certainly talk about. But in terms of just galactic news, like just, you know, the universal COVID news, it does seem like new variant is the reason for the season. Yes. Do you want to introduce it to us? How is this charming? Do I want to introduce the variant? XBB.1.5, come on down. Um, Yes, so the new variant um, is the most vaccine-resistant variant that we've seen. Um, But I do want to emphasize that this is not um, something that couldn't have been predicted for a year or for several years. It's something that could have been predicted and very much was predicted by anyone that has been paying attention to what's been going on with this virus since the vaccine came out. So Biden introduced the vaccine. He said, and please don't come at me saying that they didn't say this because the White House absolutely at first did say, um, I believe Walensky said, uh, if you if you get the vaccine, you you won't get COVID and you won't spread COVID. That was like day one stuff. That was a lie. That was not true. And they really like to sort of try to wipe that out of people's memories. And people are very willing to misremember things for their favorite politicians. Yes, that is originally what they said. Then they said breakthrough infections are, quote, extraordinarily rare. That was also a lie. Um, I myself... Until actual prominent politicians started having so many breakthrough ones that it was like, oh, God. Sure, and all of us sort of had to anecdotally figure it out ourselves because we weren't being given the data. We weren't being um, brought up to date when Delta hit. You know, I myself had stopped masking. I I was not masked for months, and I feel really blessed that I did not get COVID or get long COVID in that time. Um, Because if I would have gotten it, it, it would have been because of bad information that I've been given by my government. Um, So Delta hit and it had uh, mutations on the spike protein, which if you go back to pre-vaccine, there was an article in Vox, and I know this because I read this article and I was like, Okay, the vaccine Again, didn't work. <laughs> this is why you subscribe to The Gauntlet. She does stuff like read Vox articles so that you people don't have to. I, I just it was, think, you know. No, this was an error of judgment. This was like one time that I read it. And the reason I read it was because I had friends asking me like, is this, what's up with this vaccine? Are we going to have to get one every year? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So at the time, I was not aware how much mainstream media was just providing cover for our politicians and also really engaging in a lot of unearned optimism. Um, so the way they reported it was... Um, we talk to a doctor. You'll see a lot of this. You'll see a lot of, we talk to a doctor. A scientician. Yeah, one person. We talked to one person and they said, well, you know, the, the way the vaccine was um, 
produced, it replicates the spike protein because the spike protein is really central to the functioning of the virus. We don't think that it's going to mutate much. Now, if you're in science and that sounds like a nonsensical thing to say, congratulations, you're smarter than the editors at Vox because they, in fact, did publish this quote and I believed it because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So um, for months, I'm like telling people this misinformation, like, oh yeah, you know, the spike protein's not going to mutate. So cut to, I think it's um, November of that year, Omicron hits. I'm with my friend Yasenia in Buenos Aires. She is reading to me a news article about the new variant. And she says, you know, just reading out loud, oh, it has 30 some mutations on the spike protein. And that's when I actually realized we were being lied to because it's like, that's not what Vox told me. <laughs> You know, so that <laughs> no, was, no, no, no. I've seen the explainer. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the the so the scales for all from the eyes, and um, then I start really looking into what's going on, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is like what we hoped would not happen. It did happen. So um, if you're managing the COVID response, the coronavirus response, even by the time Delta hit, you should have been saying, okay, the vaccine only is not going to work because this virus is very, very smart. It evolves very, very quickly because it spreads and mutates very, very quickly. Um, and it's mutating around the effectiveness of the virus. So to give you a little bit of an example, when the viruses were first rolled out in the summer, you know, vast majority of people dying are unvaccinated. Biden administration latches onto this as the victim blaming narrative. It's a quote unquote pandemic of the unvaccinated. They continue mm -hmm. to say this all winter. In December, they had this like creepy language that's like, it's going to be a dark winter for you if you're unvaccinated. Um, it was a dark winter for a lot of people because um, come, I think, February, nearly 200,000 people died in like eight weeks. It was like one of the most uh, criminal, horrific times in the pandemic. While the New York Times is talking about how this is good, it's mild, it's fine, 200,000 people died. 40% of them were vaccinated. Now, cut to a year later, the majority of people dying now are vaccinated. And that's something that people don't seem aware of because the last they heard, the vaccine protects you from dying, protects you from a serious outcome. And if you're vaccinated, you got nothing to worry about. And that's just the strength of the virus. That's not that people who are unvaccinated, you know, it's like they are, of course, they are getting and it is worse off. But it is the it is the, the fact Statistically, that... Statistically, unvaccinated people are still overrepresented and having worse outcomes. That's not a knock at the vaccine. The knock is that how we misused it. No, I just want to make sure people don't because there is, as we see, sort of the anti-vax people try to ju jump on some of the uh, Anti-vaxxers are very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't want to. And they're not in them. our audience, so they don't need I'm to be not, sorry. I'm not None of them are watching. <laughs> I'm not talking to you, motherfuckers. Okay, let me just say something to these motherfuckers. You're stupid and you're dying, and I don't want to talk to you. So that's not relevant to like the adults in the room that are talking about what's happening with the virus. So most people are vaccinated. Prego. Most people dying now are vaccinated. Disproportionately unvaccinated people are dying. But one thing that people who are defending this idea, you know, that um, that vaccinated people um, aren't aren't dying at higher higher and higher rates is they use this um, oversampling example, which is like when someone just learned a tiny little bit of math and then they just didn't follow through on fully understanding the concept. So they're saying, well, it's because so many people are, are vaccinated now. So obviously, if a hundred percent of people were vaccinated, a hundred percent of people dying would be vaccinated. Yes, correct. And you know what else would be happening? If vaccination prevented death, the number of people dying would be zero. And what we would be seeing is a really big, you know, plummeting amount of people dying. That's not what's happening. 3,900 people died this week. So 
the fact that more people got vaccinated doesn't account for the fact that these death rates are still sky fucking high. We are still, um, COVID is still the third leading cause of death in the US. It was the third leading cause of death in 2020. It was the third leading cause of death in 2021. It was the third leading cause of death in 2022. And anybody who tries to tell you it's a cold or a flu has no fucking idea what they're talking about. And do you think, like, with this new, with like, look, I, I don't know exactly which combination the new variant, uh, you know, is of what plus what made what. But earlier we were talking, and you said pretty clear it's coming out of New York or whatever. We're hearing, you know, of course it's originated in China. Uh, you know, uh, like yes. what, like what do we know about that? And what do we know about the state of waves in various places of the world? And if you don't mind throwing it in, where are the places where they're still doing the proper reporting, where these numbers that we are even talking about may be meaningful? Okay, that was a lot of questions in one question. Yeah, Let but me... it's all kind of one question. It's just one question with lots of different spikes on it, different proteins. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Very evocative language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So let me unpack this a little. Firstly, one thing that's very important to understand is that when I'm talking about vaccine resistance, this isn't just something that randomly occurs. Vaccine resistance occurs through evolution. Evolution is when you get random mutations and some of them prove to be more fit than others. I don't know if it's because half of this country was taught creationism that they can't grasp this concept, but yes, the virus is evolving all the time and we're giving it so much room, so much space to evolve Big petri dish. every which way it wants to, because instead of just wearing a goddamn mask, y'all are just exchanging it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And every single time it replicates in your body and other people's bodies, uh, it has the opportunity to potentially mutate. And there's a lot of evolutionary pressure on it to get around that vaccine. So in other words, if I have, you know, let's say I'm the virus, I copy myself trillions of times. In there, there are random mutations. The virus can't think. Evolution is not a... Um, any kind of intellectual process. It's just random mistakes. So some of the mistakes in that code make the, make the virus less fit. And that, that, that virus doesn't go anywhere. But randomly, some of the copies will be able to evade the vaccine better. And because it can do that, it can spread further. It can spread better. And that's what keeps happening over and over again, from Delta to Omicron to BA.2 to BA.5 to BQ to XBB to now XBB.1.5 very vaccine Ah, that's resistant. the name. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah, XBB.1.5 yeah, yeah. is the name. So the longer we use the vaccine as a frontline protection, as opposed to a last line of defense, mm. the more we destroy it, we are destroying the capability and the efficacy of this vaccine. And we're doing it on purpose. Um, to get into a little bit of where this mutation comes from, you know, We've seen for the last two years, um, and, and particularly in the last year uh, in the West with this total just dropping of everything, the, oh, it's over, it's over, let me just mission accomplished banner behind me. Um, we've seen out of control mutations. So even these variants that I'm talking about that got a lot of attention, there's dozens, there's hundreds, you know, it's, it's mutating all the time and it's becoming more dangerous because it's becoming um, better able to get around that that evade human toolbox. systems yeah, yes yeah, yeah. that toolbox we have so for example also the monoclonal antibodies do not work like none of them work for xbb.1.5 
who knows how long Paxlovid's going to keep working because we've seen we started to see a little bit of resistance developing there. Um, it continues to um, become stronger because we're not fighting back. We just gave up. Um, and when you look at China, you know, China's a really good scapegoat right now because I think the Biden administration rode this train of back to normal just as far as it would go. And now we're about to see, you know, this new variant is now 40% of all cases. Deaths went up 44% over, you know, last week versus this week. Mm -hmm. um, we're about to see just what happens when you declare a pandemic over that's not over. So the reopening of China is a very convenient scapegoat. Um, what's actually happened is that China is, um, the, the variants they have in China are variants that we developed that the entire West, the entire world really <laughs> pitched in on this group project. Um, and we know that for sure, because um, we passed this, many countries passed this uh, strange targeting policy of we have to test every incoming passenger from China, even though everyone here has COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone here is spreading it around, makes no fucking sense other than for political reasons. And they've been sequencing um, the variants coming out of China. It's all BA. It's Omicron, BA.2, BA.5. It's variants that are homegrown, developed here. And look at how they're fucking doing with it. 9,000 people are dying a day because it's not a fucking cold and they lied to you. And there was just a really big study that showed um, no, Omicron is not any milder than wild type. It's not any wilder than the, or sorry, any milder than the original strain the only reason it had an appearance of being milder is because people were vaccinated. were vaccinated right so yes china's being decimated by this and in this sort of tragic period of mass death there we're trying to throw blame onto them um mm -hmm. the, the actual origin of xbb.1.5 let me tell you a little bit about it um it is the grandchild the descendant of a strain called xbb that actually did um that did develop in South Asia, they think. I think it might have been Bangladesh. They're kind of still trying to figure it out. It's what's called a recombinant strain, which is pretty interesting. It's when someone is infected with two, not one, but two different strains of coronavirus. Ah, so a, even inside it can combine, inside somebody's so actual while, action. So while it was Ugh, replicating, um, it those two strains exchanged pieces of their DNA. So they got together. And they made a little baby, XBB. And this is um, a descendant of Omicron BA.2 point something, 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 and Omicron BA.2 point something, something else. So it comes down from that branch. Um, so that, that was XBB. Now, XBB, it was very vaccine resistant, but it wasn't as contagious as some of the other ones that we're taking off. So again, it's always a sort of race to see who's going to be the most fit, the most dominant. So we always get the most fun variant. Um, and then finally, uh, XBB begat XBB.1, I think. And then, and then now XBB.1.5 randomly from a random mutation this happened in New York. We know yeah. it happened in New York. That is the epicenter of XBB.1.5. Now, the relative advantage XBB.1.5 has over XBB is that it is um, really contagious. So it's it's really, really vaccine resistant and it's really contagious. So everything that you want to be a strain that goes out and right. thrives in the world. It's peanut butter and chocolate together at last. <laughs> yes. Uh, um. So we're, we're seeing, I think right now it's like 70-some percent of cases in the northeast of the U.S. And God. we're already seeing um, 
you know, hospitalizations are way up in New York. Hospitalizations are the highest they've been since February of last year. So like during the initial Omicron wave, we've not hit the peak of that wave and hopefully we won't, but who goddamn knows. Um, it's, it's still getting started essentially. I mean, I think it's 40 some percent of the cases in the U S right now, but like, so where I am in DC, it's, it's only 20 some in the mid mid Atlantic. I think it's 20 on the West coast. So we do have these high hospitalizations. And like I said, um, deaths last week were 2,700 in the U S that's this week, 3,900 in the U S. So we're seeing that the deaths go up again. You know, you're talking more people that died in 9-11 dying every single week of this disease while everyone talks about it being over. It's just totally, totally de- detached from reality. So you, I mean, look, you are saying everyone and that is correct, but actually let's spend some time to talk about the movement uh, of some of everyone into being in a more, you know, in a more analytic camp. Uh, you know, there are some folks in the press or some articles we've seen not, you know, not just these lone voices, but some more major news outlets, but then also officials. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Ashish Jha in the Washington Post? Oh, you uh, my speaking, enemy? Yeah. Uh, speaking, uh, yes, 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 speak on your enemies. Um, so my enemy... Dr. Ashish Jha, who is um, the coronavirus response coordinator for this criminal, murderous White House. Um, He has been just rosy and optimistic for months, uh, years, talking about how COVID's going to become endemic. Nobody who understands the science actually believes this. Nobody who understands the science actually believes that we have it under control. So he either doesn't understand the science, which is doubtful to me, or he's just a liar. Um, and he was in the Washington post this week, all of a sudden, very suddenly, I think they described it as a darker picture than the administration has painted in the past. He said, you know, I'm really worried that what we're going to see this, this stress that we have on the healthcare system now where people can't see their doctors, there's huge, huge hours and hours and hours of, of wait times at ERs. People are dying because they don't, they can't see emergency physicians. Um, I'm worried that that's basically just how it's going to be from now on. You know, there's an issue that if you're having a heart attack, if your kid has appendicitis, there's just not, there's not going to be doctors to treat you. And it's just like, this is occurring to him for the first time, I guess. What's insane about it is this quote, which is in a Washington Post article called The Doctor Won't See You Now, about how the healthcare system is collapsing as it is in Canada, as it is in Australia, as it is in the UK. Those are the ones I know the most about because their media is in English. Because their media is in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume it's probably everywhere. But, um, you know, he he talks about this as if he's just a passive observer when the, the actual thing he's talking about, the language he's using is the language that his critics have been using for over a year to say, what the hell's your plan, guy? What's your plan? Because the healthcare system cannot accommodate this kind of illness all the time. Even just forgetting the acute phase deaths, which are still a huge issue. It's still quite criminal. Uh, even just continually hospitalizing people over and over again, a disease that causes, you know, three or four waves every year. This isn't the flu. Like it doesn't make sense. The system can't, is collapsing. It can't accommodate this. Um, and you're seeing that too in the, in the staffing shortages in every single frontline industry. But of course, especially with, um, nurses and doctors, you know, talking about how they're short staffed, they need more staff. Well, at some point, 
there just is no more staff. <laughs> like I, I agree. Like I support people going on strike. I support people having better staffing ratios, but there's not enough fucking nurses and doctors in the world to handle this kind of illness all the time. Like it just can't be done. We have to do something different. I don't know how many deaths it's going to take. I don't know how long it's going to take for people to understand that we are destroying ourselves by not handling this. Uh, what are some other like folks you see starting to sort of move their take on the narrative as I guess maybe you would say, and I, you know, and I would agree, like, you know, reality confounds the things that they want. You mean what rats are deserting the sinking ship of back to normal? Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting to me that Dr. Jaw did that because, you know, as I just mentioned, he's literally in charge of this response. So it seems to be a move on his part to sort of... Yeah, yeah. Pass the buck on. You had mentioned the BBC also as a kind of, you know, slightly conservative mainstream outlet who is. The BBC did an article yesterday. (laughs) Serenity now. Um, They did an article yesterday that um, essentially saying, you know, COVID is still this big problem. So many people are dying of it. And like, there's this (laughs) new variant. And like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, that was the kind of takeaway from the piece. And it's like, you're like the biggest media outlet in that entire country. People aren't talking about it because you're motherfucking not talking about it. That's why. Mystery goddamn solved. Like, I, I don't know how you think people are supposed to know that COVID still exists when you, CNN, the New York Times, all of these major media outlets have spent over a year um, acting like it just disappeared. Um, another person... This is not shade on him because I actually think he has sort of tried to talk about it this whole time. Media Hassan, who works for, I think, MSNBC. I got to say, mm-hmm. I've never watched cable news in my life. It's like is, their web division, MSNBC, right? Like, yeah. Uh, he has like a TV show and I saw clips of it on Twitter, obviously. And, um, you know, I mean, he's the first mainstream journalist I've seen who won. He sort of tried to reintroduce the concept of COVID to the... Um, boomer audience that doesn't get their news anywhere except from cable. He was like, you know, I know that we said COVID's over, but what if I told you it was starting to mutate around our vaccines? Like kind of just catching them up on something that's been going on for two years. Um, And it was very mild language that he used, honestly, but I think it was sort of one, the best you can do with where we're at, where the public is I don't think that's unhelpful, honestly, because you do have a public who's not warmed up for this. That's exactly what I'm saying, is that he's warming them up to the point of, you know, again, reintroducing, soft launching, (laughs) that COVID still exists. There's going to be a lot of confused boomers out there that are like, where did it come from? You could be a beta adopter, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is just... Exactly what we knew was going to happen this entire time, but cable news who lied about it and obfuscated the reality now has to come up with their own version of events. So um, he had somebody, I forget exactly who it was, some Biden White House official on, and he was actually pressuring this person and being like, 4,000 people died this week. Like, is that good? <laughs> I'm like, What's up with that? You know, they, they really didn't have an answer. And the reason they don't have an answer is that this just completely useless press has spent the last two years not even remotely confronting them about killing over 700,000 Americans. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, the way that um, these these press people, um, liberal Biden supporters, and the, this horrible white men, what are their names? The um, podcast, uh, podcast? Save America. 
Pod Save America, yes. Those horrible men. Um, they, I saw one of them tweeting the other day about how, like, overall, Biden's going to be remembered as a pretty good president. Over fucking all? The only motherfucking thing anyone will remember about this administration is that he killed over a million Americans because right now we're, we're over 700,000 and we're not even halfway fucking done. So it's going to be more like 1.5 million by the time he's done with one term. I would like to show you a graph of American life expectancy. So if we can kind of throw that up there. Yep. yep, um, yep. But I can't, you know, I can tell you what it looks like. It's, it looks like this. And then the last two years... It falls off a fucking cliff. We're at 1996 life expectancy. If you think that there's any goddamn history book 30 years from now that is going to say anything about Joe fucking Biden other than publishing that motherfucking graph that shows us losing 30 fucking years worth of life expectancy gains in 18 fucking months, you got another thing coming and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So sit down, shut up, because there's an actual crisis happening and it's a world historical crisis and you providing cover for him just makes you complicit in what's happening. But I mean, it does sound like some of these folks for whatever reasons and mostly to sell advertising, I would say, but are deciding that the the pandemic is interesting enough to devote airtime to, right? So I mean, that is that is um, movement in a different direction. Just not being like optimistic of. about it, but no, but really, it is. You know, there's something there. Yes, I, I guess what you're saying is yes. There's motion away from pandemic denial, but that and if is- they decide it's in their self interest, and when I say they, I mean sort of the press generally. If they decide like, ah, we can sell a lot of newspapers, etc. Maybe talking about how there is a pandemic, maybe even pressuring administration on it, like or you know. I, yes, I get what you're saying. Is there a play there? Yeah. I get what you're saying. I think what's frustrating to me about the media is their job is to hold power to account. And instead they've been not only... Sl- their job is to sell advertising. Fine. <laughs> you know, they yeah. think that their job is to hold That's power right. to they account. They all watch that fucking stupid movie with Nixon and all that. I hate and, it. And, yeah. you know, for the last few years, they have just been repeating... Biden administration press releases and to me it is totally bewildering that you could think that you're someone who holds power to account and be using the very same language that's coming out of these press releases I mean it's not like you need to do a lot of deep dive deep digging I you know yes I'm sitting around at midnight watching videos about how the fucking immune system works because no media will cover what's happening with the immune system but you don't have to do that You just have to look at the fact that 700,000 plus people died in less than two years and right now the majority of people dying are vaccinated to know this administration is fucking lying and is fucking killing people. So the fact that you can't even pretend that you're going to try to um, hold this administration's feet to the fire for this mass death, I mean, it also retroactively destroys whatever whatever kind of points you thought you were getting for holding Trump accountable for the 400,000 people he killed. You didn't care. You didn't care because you don't care. No, now. no one remembers any of that. It was, you know, it, it wasn't. It was never a priority, even when it was a cudgel against Trump. It just, I don't know. Wasn't no, it was TV. a priority there. It was a priority there. Like, We've heard about it nonstop. No, no, a lot. But like, I just you feel like there. in terms of policy, you know, like I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Biden, because of it's not just that he's been an atrocious president when it comes to the COVID crisis um, and has spent more energy gaslighting people into believing things that didn't happen and believing the pandemic's over when it's not than actually trying to address the pandemic. The cover that he was given and the lack of pressure he was put on by this incompetent press means that 
he has been able to dismantle testing. He has been able to dismantle surveillance. He has yeah, been able yeah, to dismantle free services. He's been able to dismantle masking. He he could at any time, um, you know, the the this Supreme Court, this conservative Supreme Court affirmed his right to mandate masks on uh, domestic flights. He won't do it. He is getting away with murder. He's getting away with murder. That is not an expression. That's just what's happening. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, and, and there's obviously plenty plenty to go around. You were telling me before, though, and I wanted to bring it up as a prompt, though, that a lot of maybe even why America is such a breedy, breedy, uh, fertile breeding ground, that's what I'm trying to say, per- fertile breeding mm-hmm. ground for these new variants is that our old people are not getting boosted. Um, do you think that is... Are they being told to? I'm here in Germany. I don't know. Like... Uh, okay, wait, a few things. One, everywhere's a fertile breeding ground for variants, actually, right now. Um, I think the U.S. is an, is a particularly fertile ground for uh, breeding variants uh, just because of the ascendance of the right-wing narrative that if you wear a mask, you're living in fear instead of just, like, doing something that is common sense to keep from getting sick. Um, that ideological, ideological... Um, conviction that essentially came from the Koch brothers libertarian right that like oh my god like you're all, you're just so scared if you put a mask on your face um instead of it just being like I wear masks so I don't get sick I you know <laughs> side note I wear a KN95 mask inside if I'm inside I've never gotten COVID it's kind of nice you could try it um but in terms of the boosters, first, I want to be clear that they're available almost nowhere in the world. So, you know, we, we have them here. Um, the UK has them, but only for people over 55, which doesn't make sense. Um, and then a lot of part of the world, parts of the world don't have them at all. So everywhere is a fertile breeding ground for variants. But um, in the U.S., I think it's, it's between 10 and 15 percent of people that have actually gotten a booster and... That's unsurprising. You know, it's not something that I really need to do. It's pretty low, actually. I'm surprised when you said that. I thought it would have been a little higher. Well, I mean, it's it's not surprising given the media coverage we've had and the messaging from this administration. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. But Joe Biden listened to his pollsters instead of the science, and the pollsters said people want the pandemic to be over. So Joe Biden said, pandemic over. Surprise. It's over. Um... That's not great messaging if you want people to get a booster every six months, um, which, to be clear, they fucking need to. These these shots, the efficacy wanes quite drastically after four to six months, which is another thing that people should know. So you have people who had two shots two years ago and they're like, I'm vaccinated. No, you're not. You're not vaccinated because the the virus mutated uh, to be extremely resistant to those vaccines, the strain you're vaccinated against hasn't been predominant for two years and not only that mutation aside these vaccines have issues with inducing durable immunity they only seem to give you antibody protection which just like infection wanes in four to six months um so what you have is this population that's quite vulnerable especially older people who are quite vulnerable to hospitalization and death from covid It's not a coincidence they didn't get boosted. It's because they were told over and over and over again by this lying ass motherfucking administration and their allies in the press that COVID is over. Omicron is mild. It is the flu. uh, It's a cold. Um, 
these things are objectively lies. It's not true. Um, You know, like I said, third leading cause of death in the U.S. If you're an older person, you should get boosted. But the campaign to get these people boosted, I mean, it's a contradiction. You can't tell people it's over, it's gone, it's the flu. And also, oh, you also need to get more shots. People don't want to get shots. People don't want to get a shot for something that they're told they'll be completely fine if they get. Yeah, yeah. You lied to them. That's why they won't get it. And we're already seeing... You know, this victim blaming narrative, the same thing as last year when they said, oh, it's going to be a long, dark winter for the unvaccinated. And then, you know, 80,000 vaccinated people died. What about them? It was a long, dark fucking winter for their families. And, um, you know, same thing now, same sort of finger pointing victim blaming. We're already seeing this, you know, distinction happening. Well, oh, yeah, a lot of people are vaccinated. People are dying, but they but they weren't boosted. Okay, well, just tell me how many fucking shots I have to have before the government stops blaming me for my own fucking untimely death, please. Let me know. When it comes to kind of this, uh, and again, sorry to obsess on the information stuff, but when it comes to kind of the abnormalization of masking and when it comes to uh, some of this other stuff, can you just, like, unpack what you see as being the actual kind of chronology and shape of this. So if you go back to uh, very, very early on, um, the first anti-mask protests, I remember seeing, um, I remember seeing, uh, back at the beginning. Yeah. I remember back seeing a news item about like, I had never heard of something like this before. Cause it's just objectively really silly. Uh, and, uh, I remember hearing about the first one and, you know, it was AstroTurf. These is Koch brothers funding these just bullshit protests. And um, I just was like, this is so, like, this is not going to catch on. Like, it's so stupid. Like, I, you know, I mean, I know, I understand with the anti-vaxxers, it's like, there's big words. It's scary. There's ingredients, mRNA. Oh, my God. You know, like, it's very easy for me to see how you get people worked up and afraid of something like that. With the mask, I was like... It's just, it's just a mask. Like nobody's going to go for this. Um, but I think it's like really a, a lesson in the power of right-wing media that we went from a place where nobody had any sort of like underlying, you know, bone deep hatred of the idea of wearing a mask to, you know, all the Trump supporters did. And now that Biden's in office, two sides of the same coin, right? Now we have blue MAGA, uh, just livid, just livid that people want to wear masks or, you know, at the idea of wearing a mask. Um, you know, I, I actually talked to a friend of mine who went to some of these um, inaugural events and she flew into mm. town for them and she left because she was so uncomfortable. She was the only one wearing a mask and somebody tried to pull her mask off of her face. This is a Democrat at a Democratic event. A fellow Democrat tried to pull her mask off of her face. She's an immune compromised person. Also, I don't almost like want to cry. Just get in people's situation. Like, what are you doing? Grabbing something on someone's face, period. Well, Forget but I mean, I think that's thing, such a Which good... is even more unforgivable. You know, like, ugh. It's such a good, though, um, you know, case study Metaphor. of how yeah, far... Yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's perfect. No, it's yeah. a case study of, of how far we've fallen and um, and how easy it is to turn Democrats into MAGA people. I mean, I you know, this idea of grabbing a mask off of somebody else's face, you know, is just so inappropriate and cruel. I told you someone threw a box at stupid. me because I was wearing a mask uh, and they didn't think it was appropriate here yeah. in Berlin, which was a yeah, bit and, weird and as it's, an old lady. And it's yeah. everywhere. It, you know, and people just, they're repeating these things and they don't understand where this narrative even came from. Like, you know, you have leftists now making fun of masks. It's like, this was a Koch brother project and you're part of it now. You know, you're, you're helping these people to create a world that's careless and, and cruel. And um, to laugh at the idea that people, especially older and vulnerable people, but all of us should have the right to not be exposed to this disease in public. Of course we have that right. And, you know, you're laughing while that right is stolen from you. It's just so sad to me. You know, it's it's not speaking up about it. It's just bootlicker fucking behavior. <laughs> like these people, um, you're doing work for this administration for free. Whether you're someone who thinks that you stand up to Biden and all this stuff. Um, when you stand with this administration against the many vulnerable and disabled people who are telling you, I cannot leave my house. I can't go to my doctor's appointment because if I get on the metro, I know that I could be just exposed to a disease that could kill me. Same thing with going to any healthcare setting. You know, people can't go to the ER. I think in Wales it was recently they said, hey, if you're vulnerable, just don't come to the ER. That's acceptable to you? As a leftist, that's acceptable to you? That's disgusting. Like, that that doesn't represent anything I believe in. And, um... Wearing a mask, all of this over wearing a mask, it's so easy. I mean, I, I wear a mask inside and um, this whole, this propaganda around, well, if you wear a mask, you, you can never see anyone again. You'll be locked away in your house. It's like, first of all, why would I need the fucking mask if I'm in my house? I The mask is for when I'm not in my house. So, you know, like yesterday I went and had lunch outside with a friend. I was kind of chilly. She gave me her earmuffs. Uh... But it was fine. And, and you know, I just think that, like, this resistance, this tantrum throwing that people are having, it's so reminiscent of the MAGA people. And it's just the same propaganda that's just been, you know, poison in their ear. Um, I also have to give a little fucking shout out to our friend Owen Jones. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that guy. Um, just like Friend of the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last week, some person tweeted something about like oh it's great to see oh and uk journalists and progressive for for folks who don't know yeah i'm not gonna give him the label progressive now (laughs) um he uh this woman tweeted oh it's great that like owen jones is finally talking about covid because he's been ignoring it and he wrote back this like incredibly dismissive this tone he just was like do you actually expect people to wear masks now or like or you actually think masks should be mandated now and he got you know days of pushback from disabled people just being like bro i can't leave my house like what are you talking about and and what what made it worse with the original context of these this interaction was that owen jones had tweeted the nhs is it's broken. It's at it's, a breaking point. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not and even, I actually saw it myself. Was actually it's not even just at a breaking movie. point. It's been pushed over a cliff by COVID. You know, it, of course it was already strained. Although I, I don't understand what people are trying to say when they try to they try to separate the NHS crisis from COVID. First of all, this crisis is happening everywhere, so of course it's COVID related. But secondly, 
How could a system in crisis accommodate a massive pandemic that's harming and killing thousands of people? It doesn't make any sense. Um, so, you know, yes, he said the NHS is in, is in crisis and then he made fun of the idea of wearing masks and then it gets worse because he's just spent weeks continuing to mock this idea, continuing to double down, continuing to troll disabled people, all, I guess, you know, for his right to indoor dine. And this is somebody who has a million followers on Twitter. He's seen as a leftist. I don't think that, you know, if you just consider it too huge of a sacrifice to put a mask on your face to make sure that your neighbors don't die a miserable death, that's too big of a sacrifice for you. You have no place to be speaking for the left. And it's just, it's just disgusting to me. Um, and I really hope that more people will push back on that and more people on the left catch on that, like, this behavior, it's not in line with our values and it's it's harming the most vulnerable people in this country and and around the world and it's hard to watch it's hard to watch people justify this i will say our last uh broadcast uh broadcast i like it when i say it like that uh that we did on this topic a lot of people who commented on it are from the disabled community and are you know sort of really forming the core of what i think is the kind of online messaging efforts around this, especially on Twitter. Like, I'm not on much else uh, these days. And also, point of housekeeping, just so everyone out there knows, at the point of this broadcast, there's only one Koch brother. So we referred to the Koch brother. The, the other Koch one brother network. Is gone. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is gone. There are infinite um, Cokes in this world, Arun. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is the Hydra that pops up. You know, you, we're talking about the media, the media, the media. Uh, and that's fair, fair, fair. Hmm. But also, one thing we talked about that I wanted to circle around on, right? Because I'm just coming up for air from a bunch of elections and saw a really busy winter, and I'm starting to consume some popular culture again, and you've recommended some films that I will take on. Um, but we're still seeing things, we're seeing things more and more now that are set contemporarily and do not mention the pandemic. More and more, right? Yes. And it's becoming more and more interesting and it's becoming more and more schizophrenic. And that's just, I just, that's a prompt because I want to hear what you think about this. You're already kind of hearing what I think about it. Absolutely. I think we talked about this a year ago. I think it was a that's year right. ago. That's right. That's right. But it's so much starker now. I'm thinking White Lotus. I'm thinking all of these mm -hmm. things. I'm really, that's really like, I yeah. think we talked about it a year ago. And in, at that point I said, you know, it made sense to me at the beginning of the pandemic that, you know, people want an escape. And it's a blip. And why should we celebrate this blip in our things forever? Like, why do that? No, but no longer. Yeah. And I, and I asked at the time, I said, how many years, how many deaths, how long can this continue and media erase, erase it? And I think it's, it's really, um, especially stark when I just watched this show 1899 on Netflix. Eh, kind of, it was fun. It was, Kind of a mess. I watched the first seven minutes. It didn't grab yeah, me, but I, you know, I'll try again. It was a bit of a mess at the end, we'll but, and it got canceled. So no, no point, I guess. But, and um, she means literally there. No one was, you know, no so one I was watched the whole, the I watched the, the whole show. thing and, and then I was watching the making of, cause I, I was like, Oh, I'm curious about this. So I was watching the making of part and all of a sudden is seeing everybody, everybody who's not actually just on camera at that moment is wearing a high quality mask. Like you see yeah, nowhere yeah, else. Yeah. Because, because Hollywood unions actually work really, really still. good about yeah. it. Um, it is strange. Um, and actually, one thing I'd like to look into more, and I, I won't speak to this because I don't know as much about it, but apparently this is actually quite similar to what happened with the 1917, with the Spanish flu. With the Spanish. So the Spanish flu, 
I will say that I didn't know much about it like from history and history books in class and apparently the same way that we seem to psychologically be distancing ourselves from the pandemic and going into sort of like uh, open-ended denial over what's happening uh, apparently the same thing happened with this flu where it was like just not talked about and, and not talked about in in media much in art so that's really interesting to me um, and I, I guess it's a coping mechanism uh, and I don't I don't know what will happen. I, I think that maybe at some point with, with enough remove, right. With enough historical space between us and, and the crisis, then yes, there will be movies. There will be art about it. But then of course you do have that, that distance between what, what actually was happening and what, you know, we end up remembering who knows. Um, but I, I don't see, I don't see it popping up in, in media anytime soon. I don't think people can quite frankly handle it. They don't want to think about it. That's why so many people, can't acknowledge and can't engage with the fact that COVID is still around is because when we got vaccinated, we said, okay, we're done. It's over. And people are scared. They're scared to go back to 2020. And that, that's actually, I want to talk about the word scared. I want to talk about the word fear, because that's something I find really ironic, the way that people who are confronting the crisis, who are living every day with the reality of the crisis, who are watching people being harmed, and who are not afraid to close our eyes to what's happening. The word fear is being applied to these people, but I see fear in the denial. I see so much fear in the inability to look at what is happening honestly, and um, to say, "Okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to fix this. We're gonna have to do something. We're gonna have to change." That's scary to people, just like with climate change. I think the people who will look at what's happening with climate change, they have a lot more courage than the people who say, I don't think it'll be that bad. You know, that to me, that is that is fear. Uh, so what is coming up next at the gauntlet? Where can people find out what's going on uh, and hear all the cheery news uh, from the COVID world? The gauntlet.substack.com. You know what you should actually do is send me whatever the invitation link is for people to go straight there and we can put it in the show notes when we post this. Okay, I can do that. Um, so the gauntlet, you know, I've been publishing once every week to two weeks. I would like to do more. Um, you know, we'll see as we get so get more viewers. I think I have about like 2,000 subscribers now, which is great for having written six articles. Um, most of them are... So people are looking for this. People are looking for they this. They are starved for it. You know, people are... The people who are living on the front lines who are living in the reality of COVID and are understanding it's it's bad. They don't see themselves anywhere. They don't see their stories anywhere. And they certainly don't see their interests being defended by these people that we sent to Congress um, to protect marginalized people. Fuck you very much, the squad. <laughs> um... So yeah, check out the gauntlet. My actually, actually, my most recent article was sort of about that. It was about how there's this really um, scary new variant that's very vaccine resistant, that's hospitalizing a lot of people, that's killing a lot of people, and the squad is silent. So I am very confused why they won't open their goddamn mouths and just say a fucking word. Well, let's close out by why don't you give a couple of shout outs to people who are saying a word. Who are some of the people who you enjoy getting their information from and who are doing a good job on this, right? We might as well, you know, have one, have 10 seconds of positivity before we close out. <sighs> what? Are you asking me for positivity? Okay. All right. No, but just shout out people who you admire, you know, on this issue or who are sort of, you know, inspiring with. <laughs> That's complicated. That's um, complicated. 
Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of, like, doctors that I follow. So Dr. Eric Feidelding, um, as well as Yanir Baryam, who works at the New England Complex Sciences Institute. They mm-hmm. both um, together started the World Health Network, who I've been talking to a bit. Um, they're definitely working on pursuing a COVID elimination strategy, which is the only way forward. I should also give a plug for high quality ventilation that needs to, that needs to happen. Like that is the number one thing that the government can be doing, um, leads to a really, really significant reduction in how much virus you're exposed to. It's a, it's a no brainer. It should be done. And the only reason it's not happening is there's no pressure on the government right now because we're all living in la la land. Um, Let's see who are. When it comes to quality of the air, and I don't mean to go on a huge tangent yeah. right at the end here, though. But have you been following stuff about how indoor gas, like in cooking, has been like killing us quietly? Like there's no safe Indeed, way yeah. to do it. It's totally horrible. We just do not monitor our air or think about this. So you know, we have people like right. you know doing CrossFit and yoga and drinking organic green juice and like what comes in our bodies because we don't ventilate our air is like pure destruction. Oh yeah, um, I mean, so we've. People have, you know, drawn the analogy between our food is very regulated or water is very regulated. The only reason the air is not regulated and, and ventilated is because we just didn't have the technology to understand. We didn't have the medical knowledge. We didn't have the technology um, to deal with the fact that the air is is very dirty and full of germs inside. So, I mean, that's that's just something that we need to... Um, educate people on there shouldn't be a lot of resistance to it you know maybe once a movement starts to do this i'm sure the the coke brothers network will will come up with a way to make it scary and horrible to have good ventilation they always do um but just you know hang on to your sanity a little bit on your rationality don't listen to that it's good having clean air is good god damn it let's have clean air um (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, uh, doctors Corsi and Rosenthal were the, the creators of this uh, CR box, the Corsi-Rosenthal box. This is just a, something you can make with a box fan at home, to which essentially functions as a HEPA filter. So that's that's been really great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's been really great for getting um, better quality air, you know, maybe in places where they can't afford tons of HEPA filters. I have seen, you know, like I said, lots of leftists are <laughs> check the fuck out on this, but I have seen a lot of, like, um, groups like DSA groups making Corsi Rosenthal fans for schools. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I would also give a shout out to Dr. Leonardi, who is a very controversial figure, but he is the one who two years ago said these vaccines are not going to... Basically, he said there's going to be an issue with getting long-term immunity, whether it's from infection, whether it's from a vaccine. Um, and, and that's really crucial to understanding there's no future where we live with COVID the way we're living with it. There's um, constant reinfection. You will constantly be reinfected. Your outcomes get worse the more time you get infected. So those are the two things you kind of need to put together in your head and say, okay, if... It's a grinding down. It is not... It will, yeah, slow you, just, it will slowly grind yeah. you down to nothing. All, and, of, and I don't, all of your organs. I don't yeah. want to go oh. that way. Um, no, man. Yeah, it'll grind you down into nothing, just like capitalism. La imagen por la cual vale la pena arriesgar la vida, sacrificarse hasta la muerte en los campos de batalla de todos los continentes del mundo.